Bibles, I want to talk to you today about uh, honor comes before favor. How many wants favor in your life? Say favor. Say it like it tastes good. That's it. When God gives you favor, favor really isn't fair. Because a lot of times in life, the favor that God gives you, there's somebody that's always trying to take your favor. But you have to understand, like Joseph, the Bible says, was highly favored of the Lord. And when they tried to take Joseph's coat, it didn't fit them because favor is custom made just for you. And I want you, if you will, to go in the Word of God, and we're going to discover some things today about the favor of God. You're sitting in a house of favor. I was thinking the other day, and Pastor Kelly and Sister Holly, thank you again. We had a beautiful meal the other day. I'm telling you, if, if there was anything any better than the restaurant we were at and the meal we were served, you're going to have to go to heaven to get it. I'm telling you, it was awesome. And once again, thank you so much for that evening. It was a, a delight. But I want us to go to the book of Proverbs chapter 4, and let me get back to my thought. You're sitting in a house of favor. I remember in 1977 when Norma and I stepped out in faith and Pathway of Life was born. We had very humble beginnings. We did everything, and, and the few we had let us do everything. But I can tell you that over all of the years, we never one time paid a bill late. Never one time. We never one time missed the opportunity to take care of our missionaries. That same anointing is on this house today. You're not in a house that there is a chance they're going to cut off the lights. You're not in a house that you're going to come next week and there's going to be a for rent sign on the door. You're in a house that is filled with God's favor. Say favor one more time. When you're in that type of house, what God makes happen in here, he makes happen in your life personally. And I'm going to ask you to testify. If you can testify of God's goodness in your life by being connected to this house, would you just raise your hand? The hands that didn't go up must be new and not connected to this house because you're in a place of favor. When you pulled on the parking lot, you pulled into a place of favor. When you got out of your car, you met people of favor. And if you come in here and you stay long enough, if you came in without favor, you'll get the residue of favor off of somebody else will splash on you. And before you know it, you're going to see God doing the supernatural in your life. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7 says this, wisdom is the principal thing. I'm going to ask you to do a little homework, underline a few things as we read. Wisdom, underline that, is the principal thing. Therefore, get, underline wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom, understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. If you get wisdom, and understanding, the next step is promotion. She shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor. Underline that word twice. She'll bring you to honor. And when you do it, embrace her. She shall give thee an ornament of grace. Underline that, circle it, score it. Because grace is the same word for favor. Grace and favor is the same word. Now, whether you spell your word favor, F-A-V-O-R or F-A-V-O-U-R, it's the same meaning. It's the same word. And the Bible says that the favor God will give you, you'll be crowned with it, and the crown is at the top. Everybody say the top. The favor God wants to give you wants to flow from your head like the anointing found in Psalms 133 where there's unity. It flows from the head and saturates the entire garment. So here's what we know according to Scripture. Wisdom leads to understanding. Understanding will then take you to the place of promotion and promotion will lead you to honor. In America today, when you talk about money, it's really not the main problem. When you talk about health, 
It's really not the main problem. When you talk about families and you talk about a society, uh, those problems are relevant. They're important. But if you will get to really the cusp of the problem, you'll find out that most of the money problems people have is a wisdom problem. They just don't know how to say no when it comes to spending. I always tell my daughter, is it a want or a need? Most people physically, I had my physical a couple of months ago when the, the doctor year before last said, I've been worried about your numbers, you need to do something. So I took his advice, started losing some weight, started sharing meals with Norma. And I found when I went back, my numbers were so much better and the doctor was so happy and I feel better. I got a long ways to go, but I've made progress. It was a wisdom problem. I don't want my sugar levels to be high. So when I really do I really need an extra an extra helping of the coconut cream pie. See wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Now I I you know I am a baby boomer. I see the younger generation do things like your pastors jumping out of an airplane. Now to me that's a that's a wisdom problem. Because how many of y'all have jumped out of an airplane? I'm going to be praying for all of y'all because you're not living scripturally. The Bible says, lo, I am with you always. But, But they don't just jump out of a plane without getting some instructions on what to do in the process. So you have to have wisdom and understanding if you're going to jump out of a plane. All right, moving right along. Speeding down the highway. You get a ticket, it affects your finances. That's a wisdom problem. Everybody say wisdom. The word honor, which is what grace is, is to value and esteem highly. And so the prerequisite to have God's favor in your life is to understand what honor is about and how God will use honor to position you for favor. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, My son, forget not the law, but let thine heart keep the commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall be added to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tables of your heart, so shall you find what? Favor. So if you'll take God's word and you will apply it to your life and be the oxygen that you breathe, let it be what brings you uh, to the place of of, uh, your joy, the place of your understanding, your enlightenment. If you'll have God's word, David said, I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So really when you talk about honor and you want to see the favor of God, you will never get God's favor without valuing and seeing God's word as weighty and as the most important part of your existence is your relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But if you'll read Hebrews the 11th chapter, all the heroes of faith There's Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's Noah. Uh, God blessed Noah. He he was so favored that when he built the ark, it was favor that attracted every one of those animals into the ark. Talk about favor. But favor comes with the price. God brought the animals in, but sister Noah had to take care and clean up the mess. Favored. Noah was favored. Abraham was favored by Melchizedek. And the Bible tells us that not only was Abraham finding grace as Abram in the eyes of the Lord, but his generations to come, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What about the favor of Joseph? Joseph found favor. Now, not only did he have favor with God, he had favor in the house of Potiphar. He had favor in the prison house. And in a prison, God brought a baker and a butler to him. What does bakers do? They bring things together. 
What does butlers do? They open doors. Is there anybody here besides me that ever had God bring some things together and put something that you weren't even expecting and that thing changed your life forever? You ever have God open doors? There's no way you could qualify for it. You're driving better than you could qualify, living better than you're qualifying, dressing better than you're qualifying. You married up. Man, God gave me favor when I married Norma. I don't know what she did wrong, but I know God favored me. Favor, favor, favor. When you talk about favor, favor is something. I, I love the story of Ruth. The story of Ruth, you know the story. Naomi, Elimelech, Milan, Chilion, their sons, they go to the place called Moab. The two boys die. The husband dies. She uh, has a daughter-in-law. One of them turns back and goes back. Her name was Orpah. The other one was Ruth, and Ruth claimed to her. Now watch what favor does. She goes and follows her mother-in-law back to Bethlehem, Judah. In the process, the Bible says she goes out looking for favor. But what you have to understand is that when she went out looking for favor, don't miss this, favor isn't something you find. Favor is something that is granted. If we could all find favor, everybody would be looking for it. We can find favor. I understand what the word says, that she went out looking for favor. And read the story, chapter 2. And then after she goes looking for favor, she asks God and she says, Why is it that I have found it? And in that field, she got handfuls on purpose. She would marry Boaz. You talk about favor. Do you know that your past does not exempt you from God's favor? It doesn't stop you. You look at the story of Ruth. Here you find this young lady by the name of Ruth was from a place called Moab. Moab was a result of an incestuous relationship that Lot had with his daughter. And the process of time, it's a cursed land and this young lady comes from that kind of background. And then you look at Boaz, he would be exempt. If you looked at his mama, his mama was a lady by the name of Rahab. Anybody know who Rahab was? Rahab was a harlot, a woman of the night. She was a hooker. Well, you've got a woman that's, that's, uh, that, that son comes from that lineage. You've got a daughter who comes from another bad lineage. They come together. God favors them. They have a child. That child has a child. His name is David. David is of the lineage of Christ, 13 generations. The Bible says that Jesus is the son of David. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. God's favor is for your life. Give the Lord a hand if you love him. Favor. So favor, favor isn't just something that you go out and you say, I'm looking for favor. Where can I find it? No, you can't find favor. Favor has to be granted. It's an amazing thing to me that the world sees the need to give honor. You turn on your television sometimes and there'll be uh, the Grammys. That's about honor. There'll be the Oscars, the Tonys, uh, all the different music awards. And then they say the greatest prize you can ever get or the greatest favor of honor that can be bestowed upon a person, honor that can be bestowed upon a person is the Pulitzer Prize, which people like Einstein has gotten it. So how do you and I today, I'm never going to win a Grammy. The world is never going to recognize that. I'm not going to get a Billboard magazine award. I'm not going to be on the cover of, of a magazine, but how do I get favor? You ask good questions on Sunday morning. Favor is the prerequisite of honor. What does that look like? You ask good questions on a Sunday morning, let me tell you. Write this down. Number one, if you want favor to follow your life, honor the Lord. I'm going to say that one more time. You want, Malachi, you want the honor of God to follow your life? Honor the Lord. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6, I'll read it for you. You don't have to turn there. A son honoreth his father, a servant his master. If then I be a father, where's my honor? God is saying, you, you say you honor me, but where's my honor? 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, the Bible says, For them that honor me, I will honor them. And those that despise me, 
I will despise. Honoring God deals with your substance. Everybody say substance. Substance is anything tangible. Matter of fact, you know the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If I was to ask you today, how much belongs to God? Some people would say 10%. No, that's wrong. It all belongs to God. And when I give to God, as Pastor Kelly was receiving the tithe, Norma and I have been tithers all of our life. And I tithe every week. Norma tithes every week. And this is where our tithe goes. Now we bless others with offerings and give as God will, will have us to do so. But what I want you to understand is that whenever you realize that God owns it all and you're just the steward, man, that takes a load off of you. You don't have to try to figure out how to make it happen. He takes care of the little birds in the air. They never, they never sown or reap, and yet God provides for them. God will take care of those that honor him. Honor. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, anything tangible, and the first fruits of thine increase. So if everything I have belongs to God, he doesn't stop there. He says, don't just honor me with your substance. Honor me with your increase. What does honoring God with substance mean? Substance of our conversation. Uh, the substance of our lifestyle. Does our lifestyle honor the Lord? I've often said this, and I'll, I'll say this again. The Bible says we are to take up our cross and follow him. If I have to lay my, down my cross to walk through a door, that's a door I was not meant to walk through. I'm not honoring God with my substance, my, con my conversation, my actions, my deeds. Am I showing love toward others? What's in me? Your substance is what's in you. If you leave here today and somebody cuts you off and you cuss, that wasn't a slip. That, that wasn't, I don't know where that came from. That came from in your, that's your substance. You cuss because cuss is in you. Cats meow because it's in them. Dogs bark because it's in them. Some folk cuss because that's what's in them. I'm not mad at you. I've, I've once or twice in my lifetime have found myself that some folk made me cuss. I haven't done it in about, how long have you been pastoring? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm moving right along. I'm moving right along. But, but how many know that sometimes people will just about make you do that? All right, let me move on. God wants to bless you, and it starts with what's in your hand. Malachi chapter 3, you know it. Honor God. And your tithe and offerings. What, what happens if I honor God? That's a good question. When you honor God, he says, I will open, that's favor, the windows of heaven, pour blessings upon you that you will not have room enough to contain. So when God is honored in your first, first fruits, it is no longer up to you to make it happen. It's up to God. When God is honored with your substance, what you're about, it's no longer up to you. It's about God. How do you honor God with what God has blessed you with? Your house, that's, that's a blessing from God, that substance. Do you honor God with your home? Some people are praying, God, if you'll just give me a better home, a bigger home, a, a nicer home. If you don't keep the home you have clean, why, why should God give you a bigger one? Lord, if you just bless me with a new car, I'll, I'll bring people to church in my old one. You got so much trash and McDonald's sacks in that old, old car. If they wanted to ride with you, they'd have to sit in the trunk. If you will keep it clean and nice, honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Honor him when you're brushing your teeth. Honor him when you're combing your hair or what hair you used to have. Whatever you do, honor, let it be as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord, all right? So, number one, honor God with your substance. Number two, honor God. You ready for this one? How many do we have in here under the age of 18? Would you raise your hand? You're under the age of 18. Man in the back, you're 60 years old. Put your hand down. This isn't for you. All right, here you go. 
Honor your parents. Honor. You want God to bless you? The honor blessing of being a giver of your substance and your first fruits is God will rebuke the devourer and the Lord will bless you and multiply your seed sown. He'll multiply your seed sown. Now, can I give you something to think about right here? Do you know why some people are not walking in the blessing that God has for them? Well, let me tell you why. Look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 13. All right, so I bring my substance to God. I give my substance unto the Lord. I honor God with my first fruit. But if I'm dropping my offering in the basket and then I'm complaining about what I gave, you just stop the whole flow of God bringing favor into your life. Look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 13. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Well, he just said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you a blessing you can't receive. Now he says, I'm mad at you because of your words. Now watch what he says. What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said, it's vain to serve God. And what does it profit that I keep his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord? You know what it's talking about? People that give to God of their tithe and then they walk away and say, man, I don't know why in the world I did that. I couldn't afford to do that. It wasn't yours in the first place. Am I supposed to be happy if I loan you my truck and you take my truck out and you move your furniture and I, I loan it to you clean and it was full of gas? Am I supposed to be excited because you bring it back and it's dented and it's dirty and, 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 the, and the tank is empty and I'm supposed to be excited? No, I'd have been excited if you'd have brought it back cleaner than it was when you took it and filled it up with gas and then put me a gas cart on my dash say thank you so much I will loan you my truck again but you're going to get out there and tear it up no I'm not going to ask somebody else old pastor won't like no I'm not going to give it to you alright so now you know how I really feel okay number two honor your parents honor your parents listen to me young people Honor your parents. Why do I want to honor my parents? I'm going to tell you why. And there's favor connected to honoring your parents. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor, the fa honor thy father and thy mother, that thy, that thy days may be long on earth. You want to live a long life? You want to live a favorable life? Honor your parents. In today's culture, it's a missing dimension. Now, I'm preaching better than your amen, and I'm telling you that right now. It's a missing dimension. I've just been thinking. When I was growing up, I'm 69 years old. When I was growing up, and we had a kid in church jumping around, wouldn't sit down. I'll tell you what they did at God's temple under Pastor Dorothy Davis in Oak Cliff. I was in church one Sunday morning. A kid kept jumping up and down, jumping up and down. The lady sitting behind me, I can't remember what her name is, but she was a related sister, Sue Arrington, that used to be a member of our church. That kid kept jumping up and down. Oh, he's just hyperactive. I never heard hyperactive when I was growing up. Never heard of ADD, ADHD. But when that kid jumped up, that Holy Ghost-filled saint came down with that family-sized Bible, hit him on the top of the head, knocked him completely down. He didn't get back up. In today's culture, to, now don't get mad at me. Honor your parents. I told my mama one time, I said a cuss word to my mom, said I wasn't going to do it. When I did, little Myrtle Mae Wigman, who was not much taller than my daughter, she took off in a full sprint. We had an old-fashioned wooden screen door. Had the little latch on it. I ran completely through that door. And her words to me is, you will come home. 
and I will tear up your blessed foundation when you do. Today's culture is, I'm just talking for me, I'm, thinking, I'm just thinking about the way I was raised. My mama would beat out what people want to just counsel about today. I'm telling you the truth. We had to, I'll just put him in time out. Time out in the Wakeman house was recovery. Well, pastor, I just don't believe that's scriptural. Well, my Bible says, thou shalt beat them with a rod and they will not die. I just tell you what the Bible says. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating you beating your children, but how many ever got a whipping and you're better off because of it? Amen. All right, now moving right along. All right, how can you, to the young people here, how can you get honor and see favor by you honoring your parents? Good question, here's the answer. How you communicate with your parents. Do you roll your eyes? I'm not going to do it. That's not honoring. You're going to get beat and you won't live long. <laughs> Be honest. How many of you, now my daughter's sitting on the front row, but I, I'm going to just ask everybody as a general question. How many of you ever lied to your parents? Rest of you liars, raise your hand. <laughs> Be honest. Honest communication. Honest communication. If you did it, fess up to it. We're going to find out eventually. See, back in my day, we didn't have no GPS. Didn't have cell phones. Wasn't able to take the cell phone, find out where they were at. But I tell you what, God has a way of exposing it. Moving right along. Be honest. Number, number three, be teachable. I remember I went through a period of my life, I thought my parents were the two dumbest people on the planet. I really did. Older I got, I realized they weren't near as dumb as I thought they were. And you got to realize that when you're teachable, good things come to teachable people. You will never reach the next level God has for your life if you're not teachable on the level you're on. Be teachable. Be thankful. Be thankful for what you got. Anybody remember going out? If you went to a McDonald's or a Griff's going, uh, growing up, that was a big deal. Man, when I was growing up, if we went to Skillern's to buy, off, uh, buy school supply, we knew we were going to get a chocolate shake if we bought our, our school supplies. That was a big deal, big deal. I never had a T-bone steak until I was probably 17. I thought there was something wrong with the, the meat when they brought it and said, there's something wrong, there's a bone in this. I didn't know it was supposed to be there. Make wise choices. You want honor? Do that. God will bring you honor and he will bless you in the process of time. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 13. Withhold not correction from a child, for if thou beatest him, he won't die. Thou shalt beat him. And he says that twice. I mean, he was... One of, one of, one of uh, Solomon's wives was really ticked when this was written. You will deliver his soul from hell. Follow the word of God, honor your parents, and the Bible says, and your days will be long. Number three, and I'll hurry. Honor all men. Everybody say honor. honor. Especially, 1 Peter 2. Honor all men, love thy brethren, fear God, honor the king. Paul said in Ephesians, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. In the book of Romans chapter 13, it talks about honor those in authority. Honor those in authority. What's that mean? That means if you're going down 635 and you're speeding. I was going down uh, 635 one day years ago. I'm speeding. I'm in my little car going about 80 miles an hour. A police officer did this. I'm in the first lane, and I'm going 80 miles an hour. He stepped out, and he went. 
I knew what that meant. I had enough power in that car. I could have just put my pedal to the metal and ran smooth over him. But had I done that, I'd have had the Dallas Police Department after me. I'd had the Sheriff's Department after me. I would have the FBI, the CIA, the federal government would be coming after me. Why? I recognized his uniform. And when I saw who he was, I stepped that car over to the side and I got a ticket. My daughter got me out of a ticket one day. My wife and I were going to see her brother in um, East Texas. I'm driving and I'm speeding. Now, one of my favorite shows of all times is Cops. So I'm driving down the car. I get pulled, driving down the road. I get pulled off over, and, I, and here comes a police officer. He comes up to the car with his pad. I know I'm going to get a ticket. I was speeding. I know I was speeding. And that officer said, sir, you were speeding. I said, yes, sir, I know I am. I'm sorry. My daughter's in the back seat. She starts, bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do? That policeman started laughing. He got back in his car and said, slow down. I don't think I got a ticket, did I? Amen. Thank you, Christina, for that one. <laughs> Honor those in authority. One of, my favorite, one of my favorite old preachers, does anybody ever remember hearing a guy called him J. Vernon McGee? Oh, J. Vernon McGee has got, to me, in my opinion, one of the best, uh, 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 the best study um, uh, uh, books available, his his, uh, his correspondence and his commentaries are great. He said, told this story talking about authority. He says when he was in the Marines, there was a captain that gave him a hard time. And he went to his superior. He says, he doesn't like me. What do you want me to do? He said, McGee, I want you to do one thing. Look past the man. Honor the uniform. Honor the uniform. So what we have to do is we have to honor authorities. Whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, independent, it don't matter what you are. Have you ever noticed in the last few years, with the invention of all the things that we've had, that people have gotten ugly when it comes to politics? Ugly. Ugly when it comes to politics. And they'll actually fall out with each other and quit church over politics. Would you stop and think about the word politic? Poly means many. Ticks is a blood-sucking insect. Don't let all the politics suck the life out of you and lose friendships. Honor authority. If you voted for Biden, pray for him. If you didn't vote for Biden, pray for him. Whatever the case is, show honor, all right? Are you ready for the next one? Honor your spouse. Honor your spouse. My wife drives better than me. She dresses better than me. Prop has more money than I do. You look at our bank account, she's got more than I do. I do my best to honor my wife. Honor your wife. Y'all going to go to McDonald's and you don't have enough to supersize both orders? Let her be the one that gets the extra fries. I remember going out to Austin's Barbecue in Old Cliff. I didn't have enough money to eat. But I had enough for her to eat, and I told her, I said, I'm fasting today. I was lying. I just didn't have enough for both of us. Honor. Likewise, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel, and bring heirs, being heirs together of the grace, the favor of God on your life, and your prayers will not be hindered. Don't want your prayers hindered, sir. Honor your wife. Heard of a fellow that was getting ready to get married, and his, his daddy's talking to him before he walks down the aisle. He's, and, his, and his son looks at the dad and said, Dad, what advice would you give me? He said, Son, always remember this. Do you want to be right, or do you want to be happy? He said, You have a choice. Do you want to be right, or do you want to be happy? This old guy said that he realized winning every battle wasn't that, that important. He wanted to be happy. So every once in a while, he'd even just walk up to his wife and say, am I happy? She'd say, oh, yeah, you're real happy. You don't always have to be right. Don't always have to be right. 
Well, bless God, I'm the man of the house. Well, I'm glad you are, but if, if you have to tell everybody you're the man of the house, you're not. Your life will prove it. All right, let me tell you why in the blessing of this. Proverbs 2, 9. 9. Now, I'm not making this up. I'm reading this directly out of the Bible. I'm going to give you three translations so you'll really get it. It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. What's that mean? Well, maybe you'll get this one. It's better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome woman. Well, the message says it this way. Better to live alone in a tumble-down shack than share a mansion, now don't get mad at me, with a nagging spouse. That's what it says. So, sir, if you will honor your wife, I'm not saying that, that women are nagging spouses. I'm not saying that. Y'all are missing what I'm saying. Live together, maybe you're not, live together in harmony. You don't always, you know, some of our arguments are over where we're going to eat. What are you hungry for? I don't know. What are you hungry for? Well, how about we go? No, I don't want to go there. You know, just use wisdom on those things and make wise decisions. I've got to hurry. All right, you ready for this last one and the most important one that I'm sharing with you today? Honor your pastors. Now, you can do better than that. Honor your pastors. The Bible says, I will give you pastors in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, according to my heart. Do you know that pastoring is not a career, it's a call? I can tell you this, there are some of you that have gone home and slept like a baby after you called pastor and he and first lady prayed for you. You went to sleep, forgot about it, but your problem kept them up all night. I can tell you right now, there are people I can list over 43 years of ministry that I missed Christmas and I missed uh, important dates because they had a family emergency. They forgot about it. That woman didn't forget about it. Your pastor is there 24-7, always on call. Well, you know, Pastor, I just don't feel like I need to go to church. You know, I, I can get what I need at home. Well, Call Joel Osteen next time a family member dies and see how quick he comes to the service. Honor your pastors. Honor your pastors. I remember growing up in ministry when Norman and I was first starting, we'd do a pastor's appreciation. You know what people would bring us? How many remembers cans that are about to explode? They've been in your cabinet. They're out of date. They're no good. And they're going to bring you everything. I had a lady call me one day. And she told me, she said, Pastor, I got a whole bunch of ties I want to bring. I got all excited. I told Norma, I said, Norma, we, you know, we've been going through this tough time. And I told you we never were late. It doesn't mean we never struggled, but we always made sure everything was taken care of. This lady calls me and said, she's going to bring me a whole bunch. She said, Pastor, I got, I got so, so much, I'm going to have to put it in sacks. Man, I'm getting excited. I got to church, it was neckties from her dead husband that she'd been saving with hula girls on them. It was some of the most ugly ties I ever seen. Didn't use none of them. That's a true story. I'll give you pastors. That same verse of scripture, the same book says, and I will set up shepherds over you that will feed you and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall you be lacking, saith the Lord. You take care of your pastors, and God is going to take care of you. Give the Lord a hand clap if you love him. All right, well, how do I take care of my pastor? Good question. Here we go. Number one, submitting or surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you get your life right with the Lord, it makes his job a lot easier. You get your right, life right with the Lord, and it'll make Sister Holly's life a lot easier. Why? Because you're not going to be calling them because you all jacked up because of what you did on Friday night. Now you're guilty Saturday and don't want to go to church Sunday. Do I need to say that again? You know exactly what I'm saying. Well, I don't know why I did that. You did it because you planned to do it. But now you're going to call and talk to Pastor Kelly and, and call a meeting. Pastor, I need to talk to you, Sister Holly. And they're going to meet with you. 
And you know you don't want help. You want a referee. It's not counsel that you want. You want somebody to agree with you. That's not honoring your pastor. When you surrender the lordship of Jesus Christ, according to Luke chapter 9, the Bible says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. Serve by denying yourself. Give your heart completely to God, not just on Sunday and Wednesday. Number two, serve in the house of God where needed. You want to honor your pastors? Serve. You know the story of the, the, the one man, he gives his servant five, he multiplies to another five, and the other servant he gave two talents to, and he multiplied it to two. The one salad, he, talent, he, he, the one man he gave the one talent to, he buried it. And I often wondered, why did he do that? The one that had five multiplied it to five. He added to him and said, well done, good and faithful servant. The one that had two multiplied two said, well done, my good and faithful servant. The one that had one and buried it, he said, you're wicked. You're wicked. You are a wicked man. You didn't use what I got. I often wondered, was the one guy with the one talent mad because the other guy got five? Or was he mad sitting there thinking, well, I don't know why. Why did he give him two talents and him five talents and all I got is one talent. I'm just going to take my talent. I'm going to bury it. Forget about it. When you're asked to do something in the house of God, don't jockey for position. Be happy to serve where you're at. David said, I'd rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Kelly's not only a great pastor, he's a great, he's a great musician, he's a great singer. I know you want to sing a solo but if you don't have the voice for it, just solo by yourself. <laughs> Serve where needed. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. What are you doing with your talents? Every one of us are gifted to do something. It may not be behind the pulpit. It may be in a nursery or it may be serving in another area. But serve, serve somewhere. Find yourself helping the lives of others. Never forget that. Paul had a vision in the book of Acts chapter 16 that I want to share with you. So it's important that you serve in the house where you're needed. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 16 verse 9, you know, your pastor is the visionary. Serve the visionary. Write the vision, make it plain according to Habakkuk so those that read it can run with it. He has a vision for this house. His vision is not my vision. Whenever I, whenever I transitioned all of what I did, now God removes the first to establish the second. Moses didn't do uh, everything like, uh, or Joshua didn't do everything like uh, his uh, forerunner Moses did. You, gotta, you have to agree, agree with God's plan and move forward. But look in Acts chapter 16. I love this verse of Scripture. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and, pray, and prayed him saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Don't miss this. Paul has a vision. The vision is of a man that is uh, praying for help in Macedonia. Now watch what happens. Saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Look at verse 10. Don't miss this. Whatever you do. If you don't get nothing else, get this. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we. It was Paul's vision. But immediately we. They didn't have the vision. It was Paul's vision. But immediately, we got where I was at. Oh, and immediately, we endeavored. Now, it went from Paul's vision. Now, the people, the body of Christ, got a hold of the vision. Immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering unto the Lord, had called us to preach the gospel unto them. It was Paul's vision, but it was the people that fulfilled it. Did you get that? So when your pastor talks about vision, that's just not his. 
That's your vision. You're part of the body. Stay connected to the body. When you're disconnected to the body, you're a grotesque thing. I shake hundreds of hands. I'll shake hands today. I'll meet people. I don't have a, I'm not afraid of hands. But if I leave here and I go to Three Forks Restaurant and I walk in, as great as their food is, and there's a severed hand in the floor, a bloody hand, I'm leaving. I ain't scared of hands, but I don't want to be where there's a severed hand. It's disconnected. Be careful of people that's always disconnecting and going from one church to another. You're called to serve, and when you're called to serve in a house, be faithful in serving. All right, I'm done with that. Number three, you submit to your pastors. How do you submit to your pastors? You ask a good question. Did you know there's what's called a forgotten baptism? Y'all know about that? Let me, let me share you with you just real quick about the forgotten baptism. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you would be ignorant of, of, of all your fathers who were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized, don't miss this, unto Moses. All right, we have baptism, uh, water baptism. Now, what, what, whatever formula you want to use, just use whatever you want to. You want to be Jesus only, that's okay. If you want to be Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that's okay. If you want to be sprinkled, dunked, submerged, you want to go down in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You, you, you figure that out. People will... Every, there are some people that will fight you over water baptism. Every time they hear a commode flesh, they want to get in an argument. One or three, how's it going to be? All right, then you have baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, okay, did we get it when we got saved? Is it a separate experience? You know, uh, where are we at? What do we do on that one? So you got two bad. What is being baptized in, unto Moses? That's, that's a forgotten baptism. We need to talk about that. Baptism unto Moses is being baptized into your leader, having your leader's heart. When you go under the water in the natural, spiritual sense, it's a form of death. Infilling of the Holy Spirit is, 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 is getting away and submitting to the purpose of God's plan. Being baptized in your leader is submitting to spiritual authority and thus being able to follow your leader. They were baptized unto Moses. They crossed the Red Sea together. They went through uh, a cloud by day, a fire by night. They were baptized unto, uh, unto Moses. So I've talked to you about surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That'll bring favor. I've talked to you about serve in the house of God. That'll bring favor. Submitting to your pastor, that'll bring favor. Can I give you one more? Sow into your pastors. That was real weak. Sow into your pastors. This is an opportunity, according to the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible says, I have planted, Apollos has watered, and God gave increase. You want increase in your life? Sow into your leader. You want to increase in your life? Do something for the man of God. This is Pastor's Appreciation Month. Don't go to State Fair and spend what you should have given to be a blessing to your leader. Y'all still love me? Let me read to you a closing scripture of Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. And as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financially when I first brought the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. And at that moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me into Ephrodites. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and well-pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply your need. That's the reward of favor connected to honor. You honor your pastor. You sow into your pastors. You do what the Word of God says. Well, pastor, 
I mean, I, I get it with what you've said. I understand honoring my father and mother and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I, I understand uh, uh, honoring those in authority, but honoring your pastor. Matter of fact, let me, let me read this last verse in the King James. We know it. But God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. But what precedes that is sowing into the life of your leader. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. It says, let the elders that rule over you be counted worthy of double honor. I want to do something today. Pastor Kelly took Sister Norma and I out, bought us a, and Sister Holly a beautiful meal and showed so much love and appreciation. When I came today, I came with a check that I asked my wife to write. I want to honor the man and woman of God. Pastor Kelly would not want me to do this, but I think he is worthy of honor today. How many of y'all agree with me? Amen. Now listen, anybody can clap. I want you to write a check. What were you thinking about? Well, what is what, what, what do I normally give at Pastor Appreciation? Well, you know, Pastor, I, I, I've given $100 before. Well, how about double honor today? How about sowing beyond the normal? You may be in a season in your life where you're wondering where your harvest is. The Bible says that Paul watered or planted another watered but God brings increase. In this church, you've heard this man of God preach, and that's the seed going into the ground. That's seed. And what you have to understand about seed, seed is foreign to the soil. It disrupts the soil. So that seed gets in the ground. Sometimes the Word of God will make us mad. And then after that seed is preached, then Pastor Kelly will water it every week. The watering, you know the only difference between planting and burying is one is for demise, the other is for fruitfulness. God doesn't bury you, he plants you. And then he waters you with the word. Your pastor will preach the word and you will read the word. It waters the seed. And there'll even come times in your life where you have watered and you've watered and you've watered and you've waited and you've waited and you've waited, and you've waited on that word. And you wonder, is it ever going to come forth? The Bible says weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There are seasons when the seed is so precious and, and, and our tears are so few. But what happens in your life whenever you've cried so much you can't cry anymore, your pastor's still crying for you. And when he runs out of tears, God's not out of them because our tears are put in a bottle. God says, I'm going to handle you on this one. I've kept back some that I can pour it on your life to bring favor today. You're honoring the man of God. Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you. 